when I read his promises of how he protects me and keeps me and he's my defender and he's the God that goes before me and prepares a way for me. He's the God that makes ways in the wilderness. I say I believe all of these things, but then when I was faced with a decision that was so difficult and I couldn't see the path ahead, I had to decide, do I believe that enough to take this step or am I just playing games? Because at the end of the day, we either believe this stuff or we don't. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Making Room Podcast. Our focus here is to declutter our lives, to make more room for God to move. I'm your host, Paul Radke, and it's an honor to have you with me today. This is, get ready to celebrate, my very first episode, episode numero uno, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Thanks for clicking the link. Thanks for giving me some views. Let's be honest, my first episode, you're probably a friend or a family member, and I want to tell you how grateful I am that you would take the time to listen, and hopefully you get something from it. Hopefully, maybe you learn something new, something that applies to your life too, uh, because as we follow Jesus and as we do the things that he's called us to do, sometimes it can get a little crazy. A lot of times it can get pretty difficult because When God comes in and moves into your life, he doesn't just let you keep it the way that you had it before. I've got a little bit of experience in this because I got married and Madison didn't let me keep my house the way I kept it before. (laughs) One of those things was Madison is a big dog lover and pet lover and she wanted a dog and I wanted nothing to do with having animals in the house. And so I had to, she, she fought for a while. It, 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 I, I held on for a little while. I finally gave in because I love her and I wanted her to be happy, even though it wasn't my idea of, of, you know, the ideal life, but I love the little booger now, now that he's there. Skywalker Radke is a uh, part of our lives has become a part of the family and uh, we, we enjoy having him, but it was not something that I was comfortable with or something that I wanted or something like I didn't see my life going that way until Madison came into my life and it was something that she desired. And a lot of times we invite Jesus to live with us, but we don't make any room for him to have the things that he desires or for him to rearrange things or for him to decorate some things. In fact, a lot of times, I don't even think we make up the spare bedroom. We've got Jesus sleeping in the dining room on a blow-up mattress a lot of times because we just don't want to be inconvenienced with decluttering all the stuff that we have in our lives and making some changes. And I want this podcast to be a place where we get vulnerable about the things that we're holding on to, where we take a really good look at ourselves, an honest look at ourselves and say, this is some stuff that God's been trying to get rid of for a while, and I have just been resistant to it. Because let's be honest, sometimes God asks us to do some pretty crazy stuff, some stuff that we just didn't see ourselves ever needing to do, or having to do. And sometimes it's stuff that we're not even sure, like where the theology for what he's asking us to do is, all we have is his voice calling us to do it. And we have 
every reason in the world not to do it. We've got every natural, we can come up with all kind of human wisdom on why what he's asking us to do shouldn't be done. I had all kind of reasons why we shouldn't get a dog. There were a lot of good reasons. We love to travel. Lots of good reasons, but there was one reason that I had to pay attention to more than the others is that Madison wanted it. And what are the things in our lives that we've got every good reason not to do what God is asking us to do, except for the fact that God is asking us to do it. And because we've invited him in to be Lord and Savior, we are then, we, we've, got, we've got to start allowing him to be Lord. Not just Savior that saves me from my sins and restores me to the Heavenly Father, but actually is Lord and has some say in how my life goes moving forward. That's not an easy place and an easy thing to do sometimes. And uh, let me, let me kind of go back a little bit, tell you a little bit about myself before we get into this. I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor, so I'm a preacher's kid. My grandfather was a pastor of the same church, and I'm pretty sure that my great-grandfather was a pastor too at some point. Uh, so I'm like a you know third, fourth generation. It might even be fifth, to be honest. I'm not really quite positive on, on who all was ministers because so much of my family, so many of them are, are ministers, aunts and uncles, and uh, that, that's kind of my dad's side, my mom's side. Uh, my grandmother's been an intercessor for uh, a number of years, a long, long time, as, at least as long as I've been living, I think longer than that, uh, and just been dedicated and, and praying for people, not, not just like a little prayer. My grandmother prays for hours every day and has for decades for people and for their healing and for their loved ones to get saved. I mean, so ministry and uh, having a purpose and a calling of God is a pretty common thing that has been accepted in my family. And growing up in church, you know, you know, my dad's a pastor, my grandfather's a pastor. Of course, everybody's going to be waiting for me to get up on the platform and be a pastor too, which was something that I was— not at all interested in. Thankfully, my my parents didn't try and pressure me into it at a young age. They they always made room for me to be me. Uh, but people definitely had expectations and would ask me all the time, when are you getting up there and going to start preaching? And I would tell them flat out, I'm not. And I never intended to, never had plans to. In fact, I intend, I had really definitive plans to never do it. Because I just was, it, it just, the whole idea just repulsed me. Is that putting it too strongly? I don't, <laughs> it did. The whole idea of being a minister and a pastor and, and all of that, just growing up in it and seeing uh, the realities of it, it looks pretty on the outside sometimes, but let me tell you, it's, it's tough being a minister. It's tough being, being a, a preacher's kid. And we might need to do some episodes on that at some point too. But uh, so was very resistant to it. And we did, uh, we, we did have some crazy stuff happen as I think every church goes through. We had some church splits happen. We had a church fire happen. The whole place burned to the ground and we kind of had to uh, figure out what we were going to do from there. 
but there was one thing in particular that really changed all of our lives, not just my family's, but even the course of the church's life. And that is my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer. And it was called glioblastoma multiform, really aggressive kind of brain cancer. The prognosis is not good for that disease at all. And for the better part of two years, uh, we cared for her. And, you know, our whole lives kind of became taking care of her, getting her to our doctor's appointments and getting her. She had to go through rehabilitation uh, a time or two. Uh, for many months and kind of it kept on coming back. Tumors came back and would resurface and it kind of got to the point where they couldn't do anything about it. And, and my brother, myself, my, my father, thankfully we had some wonderful friends and family that supported us and helped us as well. But our lives became consumed with just taking care of her. Like that's what we did. That was our life. We woke up in the mornings and we took care of her and, uh, you know, thankfully we'd have people kind of give us a break and we'd get to go see a movie or something like that. But it, we, we took care of her and she did eventually pass away. And when she did, I think definitely the three of us were all kind of thrown into the, well, what now? Like when you've spent two years and, and that was kind of your world, what do you, where do you go next and losing somebody that's so important to you and is such obviously such a big part of your life uh what what do you do with that and i after mom passed away at first i was numb and i was fine and and committed to some things that i wouldn't stay committed to very long uh because i started to i started to let go of faith. I started to let go of Jesus. I started to let go of church. I just kind of shed a whole lot of stuff off and decided I was going to do my own thing. I was going to do what I wanted to do. I'd spent my whole life kind of underneath the looking glass in a glass house, everybody watching me. And I was trying to be the best person I could be for so many people and for my parents and make them proud. And then I kind of got to a point after mom passed away where I made the decision that, you know what? Forget this. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I started, I, I lived that way for a few years where I just did me, went out and, and did stuff that I, wow, I never, until that point, I never thought I would be out and, you know, getting drunk on the weekends and, and just doing crazy stuff that that was outside of of my personality by far up until that point but i just man it hurt it hurt and i had i had really anger at god and i had anger at the church and at my family and it just came out in all kind of ways it wasn't even rational I'm not I'm not trying to to make it like I was justified in that. I'm making it like I was just in such a bad place that I was mad at the world. And I was ready to do my own thing and did it and was happy about it. But I eventually got to a place where I was miserable again. I had fun for a while. It was fun, but then it got to a a point where I it just wasn't fun anymore. 
And I didn't even know what to do with that. Because I had gone so far and I had uh, done all the things that I was doing and, and really changed my mindset about a lot of things, I didn't even know what to do when I got tired of it. It didn't feel like coming back to church or having faith and following Jesus again. It didn't even it didn't even seem like an option to me, not because I didn't think he would accept me, but because my mind could not even I couldn't even get my brain to accept that Jesus might actually be God in, at that point. Like I had just gotten that far where I had just come up with too many good reasons why that couldn't be the case. And one day in my depression and in all of the stuff that I didn't change the way I was living at all. I kept doing all the craziness, even though I wasn't enjoying it as much anymore, kept doing it. Um, And one day God showed up. Jesus just showed up and I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't really ask for it. He just came and he showed his love for me out of nowhere. He showed me that he loved me and had grace for me and accepted me just the way I was with all my mistakes and with all the things that had happened. And in that moment, all the bitterness and all the anger and all the stress and all the anxiety and all the unbelief melted away. And I was just consumed with nothing but love. That's the only way I can describe it. And for the better part of probably, um, well, it was definitely two weeks up to a month, I was just overwhelmed with his love. I was overwhelmed with his grace for me. I didn't even know what to do with it. There were so many times that I was uh, just so overwhelmed by his love that I'd have to go and take a nap. And I know that sounds funny, <laughs> but just the just the overwhelming presence of him and these downloads of who he was and who he's called me to be and the refound purpose and and the not looking at life through the lens of anger and bitterness and look what they did wrong to me, but looking at it through the lens of who God was and the purpose that he had on my life. Uh, would at sometimes be exhausting and I'd just have to take a nap and be okay with, you know, he says, be still and know that I am God. I had to learn to be okay with being still and letting him be him. And it was just a beautiful time. If you were around me then uh, and you saw the stark, drastic difference from the day before that happened to the day that happened, you know what I'm talking about. I just became a different person in an instant. I became a different person immediately. And all of those things that I was resistant to doing, ministering and pastoring and being a worship leader and and all of those callings that God had placed on my life that I was intent on not fulfilling, all of a sudden I I couldn't say no anymore. After knowing his love for me, after knowing how much he cared for me and would chase me down even when I was intent on running from him, I couldn't say no anymore. And so I immediately accepted that call. When I felt his love for me within a day, I went from doing everything I could to not to absolutely 
doing everything I could do to do what he was calling me to do. And we just had just these amazing services, amazing worship services. And I was young and I'd grown up in church, so I I knew a lot of scripture. I knew a lot of good theology. I I knew, but when it became real to me, it was like the lights kicked on. And it just, it it was incredible that I was able to just jump in and and start doing, within four weeks of that encounter with God, I started preaching every Sunday and I'd never preached a sermon I don't even think I really had, if I'd spoken in front of a crowd, maybe a handful of times, that was probably plenty uh, if it happened even that much. But I just jumped in and started preaching every Sunday and, and people were encouraged by it. And I think just because I was having such an encounter with God, it invited other people to have an encounter with God. Uh, it was definitely nothing of who I was. It was everything to do with who Jesus was. Um, but for the next year or so, two years, I just started, I jumped right into pastoring. I went from living in the world and getting into as much trouble as I could figure out how to get into, to jumping right into pastoring full time. And it was a beautiful time in life. And I just, I knew it was the right thing for me to do. I knew it was what God had called me to do. And even though it wasn't always easy, and it was difficult uh, a lot of the time I was at peace because I knew God had called me to do it. And we were building up the worship team. We were building up the church, had just so many beautiful anointed services uh, where God just showed up in worship services and, and people's hearts were touched and the presence of God was here uh, in such a beautiful way. And then the crazy thing that I was talking about earlier that God will sometime, sometimes ask us to do took place. And one day God said that it was time for me to leave pastoring. It was time for me to leave God's house, the church that my father pastored and, and my grandfather before him. And I did not know what to do with that really. I uh, immediately when he told me, I started crying and weeping and because I knew it was his voice that was telling me it was time to go, but I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know how that was possible. I had, I had become, I mean, I'd, I'd just kind of taken over so many responsibilities in the church that if I would have just dropped the ball and left, it would have left a really big void. Dad had retired for the most part. Uh, I had, I was doing the bookkeeping. I was administrating the preschool that we have. Uh, I was doing, you know, all of the graphic design and I was preaching every week and I was leading worship every week and leading prayer service every week. And so when God said it was time to leave, I didn't even know how is that even going to be possible. And it took me a long time, even though I knew it was God that was telling me to go. I knew there was also something telling me to stay at the same time. And I stayed in this place of, well, do I stay or do I go or do I stay or do I go? And I would come up with all of these great reasons on why to stay. I mean, it was a great legacy that my family had left for me and had been passed down for a couple of generations. And the idea of leaving just seemed ridiculous. It just did. And so I 
for about a year and a half, I struggled with the idea of even accepting that I could actually leave and what would that look like and how would that be possible? And was it really God or was I really just deceived? Like, had I just been surrendered to this spirit of deception so bad that I thought it was God when it really wasn't God. And what do I do with that? Finally, after a year and a half of just praying and continuing to seek him and continuing to ask him to confirm his word to me, the only thing he would give me is he would give me scripture verses and all of them pointed to that. He was calling me out like, you know, Abraham, he called out to a land that that God would show him. He didn't tell him a geographical location to go to. He just said, go, leave everything you've ever known, and I'll show you once you get moving. So God would give me scriptures. But aside from that, it was just his voice calling me out. And I had a couple of spiritual mentors that that encouraged me to follow the voice of God, but they didn't tell me that, yeah, that's God. They would just say, you need to do what God's telling you to do, be obedient. Um, after a year and a half of, of dealing with that and struggling with that and going back and forth, I finally was like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm going to accept that this is God. I'm going to accept that this is what he's telling me to do, and I'm going to go do it. I'm going to announce it. We're going to uh, talk to my father about it, who would be stepping back up to go back into pastoring full time. And uh, his his wife, he remarried. And Joanna stepped up to take over a lot of responsibilities that I was handling. Uh, and so we we announced it to the church. And even in that, I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to do it. All right, God, I'm, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going to announce it, but feel free to stop me if this isn't you. That's kind of the mentality I had about it. But I did it, and he let me do it. And so obviously, we announced it to the church. And a lot of people are, you know, they didn't see it coming either, just like I didn't see it coming. And we kind of have to walk through people's disappointment and all of that, had to explain what was going on. And thankfully, we've just got such wonderful church people that understood that when God calls you to do something, you need to do it. Um, And I thought that after we announced it, like it'd be a couple of weeks, a month, two months at the most, and I'd be resigned. I'd be out of there. And that's not the way it happened. God took us through another year and a half process of of dealing with the, all right, I said I was leaving, but why does it still not feel like it's the right time? And, you know, there's a, there was this push-pull still, like, all right, you're leaving, but right now you're staying. And you're leaving but right now you're where you're meant to be, which was very frustrating to me. I didn't know what to do with that because I'm like, God, if you told me to leave, then why does it seem like the door is not open for me to walk out of it? Like, it seems like the door's still shut, even though I've already announced that this is the door I'm, I'm about to walk out of. And for the next year and a half, we did a lot of work on, you know, passing things over and showing people what I was doing so that they could take the ball and run with it. And really God brought us through to that. When I finally did step away, that there wasn't a void any longer and that there wasn't this vacuum that somebody had to come hurry up and fill, but I was able to step away and everything keep going, you know, steady on a solid foundation. 
And in that year and a half, God did a lot of stuff in me and revealed to me a lot of, you know, kind of purpose that he had on my life didn't go away. I knew I wasn't stepping away from being a minister or from preaching, but I knew that I was stepping away from pastoring God's house. And I didn't even know what I was stepping into, which was a big, we'll get into that in future episodes. I didn't even know what I was stepping into. I just knew that I had to, I had to do what he was telling me to do. Finally, after it was about three years since he had originally told me it was time to go, we finally left. We finally stepped away. And it was, it was difficult. It was really difficult. It was, it was grieving. I cried for days because it felt like a death. There was so much expectation of what I thought it would be. And so many plans of what I thought it could be and what it would look like. And there was just so much legacy and so much family. And, and it, I just didn't know what to do with all of that. And I just had to grieve. It was, it was like dealing with a death. And I had to cry it out. And thankfully, God, I believe, sped up that grieving process and allowed me to get to a healthier place more quickly than I would have originally. But it's just because you're doing something and you know that God called you to do it, let me just tell you that it is still not easy. It's still not an easy thing to do. Even though you have a peace about it and even though you're going in the right direction, it can still be difficult. And that's okay. That's not a lack of faith. That's not unbelief. Uh, Unbelief is believing God is telling you to do something and not doing it because you don't trust him enough to have, you know, good plans for you <laughs> and you think your plans are better. That's unbelief. Being finding it difficult to do what God's asked you to do but doing it anyway, that's faith. That's courage. That's that's belief. That's I don't see how this is going to work out and and how my life is even remotely going to go from this point forward, but I know you've asked me to do something and so I'm going to do it. And have you found yourself in a similar situation at times. I think anybody that's followed Jesus and has committed to letting him direct their lives is going to come across these moments where he's asking them to take a crazy step of faith. Because if the steps that we're taking aren't crazy to us, then I think we have to kind of question, are they even faith to begin with? Like if I don't have to have complete dependence on God's goodness and, and who he says he is and who Jesus is in my life, if I don't have to have complete dependence on that and I can come up with ways to make it work on my own, then I don't really need him, do I? If I can make it good on my own, then why do I need him to make my life good? But when God calls you to do some crazy stuff, it takes faith and it takes a reliance on the goodness of God it takes knowing that his promises and trusting his promises are true. It takes getting to that scripture in Romans 8 where it says, God will make all things work together for the good, for those that love him, for those that are called according to his purpose. It takes that being something that's not just a pretty scripture that we say when we're going through a difficult time and we're going through some ugly realities in life, but it takes you really having to apply that scripture and other promises like it to your life in a way that you never expected 
that you'd have to do. Like I had to, and Madison had to really depend on the promises of God because it was the only thing that we had to catch us. It's the only thing I've got to catch me in this season is that God has given me a promise that he's got good in my future, that he's got a purpose for me, that he's got things in store for me that I can't even imagine. And that's the only thing that I have. That's the only solid foundation that I have to step out into the unknown. Because I I wrestled for a little while. I wanted to know, like, all right, I'll do what you're telling me to do, but I want to know what I'm going to do. And then I'll do it. <laughs> I was arguing and trying to barter with God, like, I'll do it, but what am I going to do? Like, tell me first. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wanted me to trust him completely. God wants you to trust him completely. Not because you can figure it out, not because you see how it's going to go and you can see 10 steps down the road of how he's going to protect you and keep you and provide for you. He wants you to trust him completely to not, all you see is the next step. All you see is that next step of faith. I know God's asking some of you to do some pretty crazy things. And I think you need to ask yourself this question. If you're doubting your ability to do it, if you're doubting if you're going to do it, I think you've got to ask yourself, like I had to ask myself, do I really believe what I say I believe? Do I really, when I read his promises of how he protects me and keeps me and he's my defender and he's the God that goes before me and prepares a way for me, he's the God that makes ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I I say I believe all of these things, but then when I was faced with a decision that was so difficult and I couldn't see the path ahead, I had to decide, do I believe that enough to take this step or am I just playing games? Am I just, you know, talking a good talk, but I'm not really walking it out and I'm not really living in a way that demonstrates and shows myself and the world around me and God that I actually believe the things I say I believe. Because at the end of the day, we either believe this stuff or we don't. We either trust God to the fullest or we don't. And if we don't, that's okay But let's be honest about it. Let's say, you know what, God, I hear your voice and I believe you're calling me out to do some crazy stuff, but my faith's just not there yet. And I I want to believe you. I just don't yet. I kind of like the father that took his uh, demon-possessed son before Jesus and Jesus says all, uh, you know, everything is possible for those that believe And the father responds really honestly. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And it's okay to get honest with God. It's okay to get honest with yourself. Don't quit quit talking such a, a good game and quit talking all of this, you know, name it and claim it stuff when it's not something that you're actually ready to live out. And there's no judgment in that. And there's no condemnation in that. All there is is opportunity to get to the place where you are ready, where you do believe enough to take that step of faith. But I can't get there until I actually admit that I'm not ready. I can't get to the point. I can't allow God to deal with the things in my life that needs to, that need to be dealt with until I admit that 
there's areas that need to be dealt with. I couldn't get honest and I, I had to get honest with God and say, God, I'm not ready to make this decision. And I wanted, I want to follow you. I want to take that step of faith, but I'm just not there. I'm just not, I, I, I feel unprepared. I feel, I, I don't believe this enough. And God is good enough and gracious enough to help show you that there's, here, deal with this. Deal with this aspect of yourself. And it's uncomfortable. And it's, it's not, I'm not going to pretend like it's fun. It's not fun when you have to start getting honest with yourself and getting honest with God and getting honest with others and decluttering stuff that, that's just not true. Like I could say, I've got faith enough that God can move mountains if I speak to it, but I haven't gone to any mountains lately and said, get out of my way. And when God is telling me, go speak to the mountain, I'm like, but look how big and look how permanent and look how impossible. And I've got to get honest that God, I don't have faith enough yet. And God will, through the Holy Spirit and through your willingness to be open and honest with him and with yourself, God will bring you through a process that prepares you to take the step that he has for you. God will, don't, don't take that step until you're ready. If you take that step before you're ready, then you're just going to, it's going to be reasons for your faith to crumble and for your world to fall apart. Uh, when I took this step of faith and, in, and, you know, still living it out, it's still difficult at times. And uh, when I took it though, I had to take it that, all right, God, whether I am able to pay my bills and you provide for me, or whether I get into crazy debt and can't pay my mortgage, I'm going to trust you in this. No matter the result of what happens, because I am, because I am committed to obeying what you've called me to do, I am not going to have an expectation of the result. I have faith that God's going to provide for me, but my faith is to the level that if it doesn't happen the way I expected it to happen, I still have faith that God is moving. I still have faith that God is going to provide. I still have faith that anything that I lose in this season will be restored to me because he's a good God and a good God has good plans for you. And when he's asking you to obey, he's not asking you to get certain results. He's asking you just to take that next step of faith and trust that he is, let him keep the results. God made the promise, so God will keep the promise. And the promise isn't dependent on me. When God said that he had a good plans for me and a purpose and a future for me, he made that promise regardless of what I did. Like if I'm, if my heart's toward him and I'm doing my best to obey him and I'm taking the next step of faith that he's given me to do, then the results aren't on me. The results are on him. He made the promise. And he said that he's not, he's not a man that he can lie, neither the son of man that he needs to repent. If he promised it, he's going to do it in your life. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. He's going to make it good in your life because he's a God that keeps his word. He's a God that fulfills his promises. Even when it looks impossible, even when it looks like there's no way it could happen, I believe that my God, even if I have to go through difficulty, I believe my God will restore me, that my God will provide for me 
even in difficult times and in ways that I never expected. In fact, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that it's going to go away that I least expected because that's just kind of been how my life and my walk with God has gone up to this point. So I've got no reason to believe it's going to be any different moving forward. The only thing I expect at this point is that God's going to be God. And because he's so good, my future is going to be good. That, that's where my faith is at. And it's a, it feels good. It feels good that the results aren't on me. Like it's my job to do what he's telling me to do. And that's what this podcasting, this podcasting thing is part of what God has given me to do next. And I, I don't know what the results will be from it. I don't know if it's just you that's listening right now that will listen or if there's a larger, larger audience that will develop as I continue to put these out. That's what I hope for, but I don't really know. I'm just doing this as an act of obedience. And I believe as I take this step, that God will give me the next step and the next step after that. And as I just continue to take these steps of faith, I'm going to walk into a season of life that's just going to be so blessed and so outrageously awesome that when I look back, I'm going to be shocked that this is what God did with my life. And if you trust God and start taking those steps of faith, he's going to get you to a place where when you look back and you see how your life has gone, has gone, you're going to go, oh my, how did I even get here? I'm not good enough for this. I couldn't have planned this out if I tried, but God planned it out. God had a plan. And God is asking you, I know God's asking you to do some things you don't feel like you're ready for. Get honest about it. Go to him about it. Allow him to prepare you. And then at some point, you're just going to have to take that step. You'll know when it's time. I would go uh, in that three years where I knew God had told me to leave, but I hadn't left yet. I would go to mentors and people that I trusted, people that had walked out their faith for many years and ask them their thoughts about it. Like, what, what is happening? Like, why am I hearing God tell me to leave? And at the same time, I have this feeling like it's not time to leave yet. And thankfully, I've got people of such wisdom in my life that said pretty much, you'll know when it's time. You'll know when it's time. And they encouraged me to keep on seeking after God and keep on seeking to do God's will, but that as I do that, that God will, God will show me when it's time to walk away. And he did. When it was time to walk away, I knew it. And there was not anything that I, I wanted to stop it, but there's not anything in me that could stop it because I was just so ready for the next phase of life. I was so ready to see what God was going to do. That's what got me to take the step is that uh, I, I envisioned my life five years, 10 years down the road from that decision. And I, I, I said, when I look back, I'm, you know, this is me talking to me. When I look back, do I want to look at this point and say, you didn't trust God enough to do what he was asking you to do? Or do I want to take that leap of faith 
And even if it results with me doing a face plant, I can at least look back and say, you know what? You did what God was asking you to do. And there is peace and there is joy. And there is just a a goodness in that. And looking back and saying, this was my conviction. This is what I believe God was telling me to do. And I did it. Even when it wasn't easy, even when I didn't understand, even when I didn't have a plan of how it was going to work out, I took the step and I did it. And because God is faithful and because God keeps his promises, you're going to look back and you're going to be glad you did. I can't prove that to you yet because this is my first episode of this podcast and it's only been about a month and a half since I left pastoring (laughs) So I can't prove it to you yet, except there's something in my spirit, even as I'm talking right now, that knows I'm going to look back a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, and it's going to be the joy of my life that I did the thing God was asking me to do. And I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to keep on taking the next step of faith, even when it's crazy and uncomfortable. This is crazy and uncomfortable. I had every expectation that I would leave working for the church and then go get, even if it was a secular job, like go find some consistent income and salary. And God keeps on telling me to do this. And I'm like, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but I'm doing it. I already took the one step of faith. I might as well take the next one. You've already taken the one step of faith. Don't stop at that one. Go to the next one. Go to the next thing he has for you. Keep on keep on following Jesus. Don't follow Jesus once. Keep on following Jesus because he's got plans in store for you that you can't imagine. He's got a purpose for your life that you don't think you're qualified for, but God has qualified you to do it. God has qualified you to do The thing I've heard a saying that he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. He, if he's calling you, then he's qualified you and he's justified you and he's prepared you because God's not going to try and pull out something from you that he hasn't already put in you, right? He's not trying to make a withdrawal from a bank account. He hasn't already put a deposit in. That's not, that's not what God does. If he's trying to get something out of you, it's because he's already put it in you and he's ready for you to step in to the next thing that he has for you. And maybe that's not leaving your job. Maybe that's starting to tithe and you've never been a tither and you don't feel like you can afford tithing. Maybe that's trying to restore a relationship that is so broken and so beat up that you don't see, it looks like it's impossible for God to restore it but he's asking you to put yourself out there. He's asking you to get vulnerable. He's asking you to to risk getting hurt by somebody else so that he can build something beautiful out of that relationship. Whatever it is God is calling you to do, I encourage you to do it because the peace and the joy that comes with doing what God has called you to do is far, far greater than the safety and the security of staying where you've always been. I I had such safety and security where I was and was very comfortable. I mean, there was plenty of things 
that I didn't like and I wanted to change. And, and you know, you're anywhere, there's something that you're going to want to adapt. Uh, plenty of things that I was frustrated about, but I was really safe and I felt really secure and I felt really comfortable. And I had to get out of that comfort zone and risk falling on my face and risk getting hurt and risk everything that life has been up till this point for me to be obedient. And I'm telling you, even before I know the results of it, it's worth it. It's worth it. My People that have been around me for the past couple of weeks have said that they just see it on my face. Like I just seem so much lighter and brighter. And to be honest, I've got a whole lot of reasons to be stressed, <laughs> except I'm not taking the opportunity because I just choose to trust God with it. And yeah, it, it might have some things that I don't like. Yeah, there might be some bills that I have to wait to pay. And I do not like having to wait to pay bills. I like to pay them before they're even due. But I'd rather obey God. I'd rather obey God than pay a bill on time. I'd rather obey God than not risk getting hurt in a relationship. I'd rather obey God than stay stagnant and stay in a place of death. I want to I want to be in a place where I feel life. I want to be in a place where I, I feel joy. I want to be in a place where I'm not just safe, but I'm actually happy to be out and risking. I, I'm happy to be out and have liberty and freedom to, to either succeed or to fall flat on my face. But either way, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey that God wants to take you on. Because God has got us all, you know, he says we're following him for a reason because God's not just in one spot. God's not just sitting around twiddling his thumbs and saying, hey, come out and hang with me. He's saying, come out and follow me because I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere and I want to take you with me. I've got plans. I've got vision. I've got future that I want to give to you and we can't get it here. So come on. Come on, let's go. And it's time to get up and go. It's time to do the thing that God is asking you to do. Because he's God. Because we trust him. Because he's a good God. He's not a God that's trying to seek to, to steal, kill, and destroy us. No, he's a good God that is seeking to prosper us and to bless us and to provide for us and to do things in our lives that were impossible until we got connected with him. The spirit of God wants to do amazing things in your life. Just let go and let God be God and follow him wherever he wants to lead. And I know, I, I know because God said it and God doesn't lie that your joy will be full and complete. You're going to be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. It says in scripture, in scripture, when we let steadfastness have its full effect. When I commit to doing the things God has called me to do and go through difficulties and go through hardships and continue to trust him and have faith, I can have confidence that in the end, I will be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. That's James, if you want to look that up. A lot of times on this podcast, you're going to hear me say scriptures, and I'm not going to give you where the reference is. So get ready to use your Bible or use Google to look it up 
<laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. It's not because I don't want to tell you. It's because a lot of scriptures, I just know them. I don't know where they're located. <laughs> I, I grew up in church and I heard a lot of it and I study a lot of it. And so it just comes out, but I couldn't tell you the address. It's like going to a house. You know how to get there, but you you don't know all the street names. You can't give somebody really good directions, so they better have Apple Maps ready, right? So you better have Apple Maps ready. You better get in relationship with God because anything that I tell you on this podcast, that's this applies to this one or anyone after this one. Anything I tell you on this podcast, if you're not connected to the Spirit of God and listening to His voice, then this is going to trip you up because the whole basis and the foundation of this podcast is that we make room for God to be God and we obey him. Don't do it because I think it's a good idea. That's going to screw you up real quick. Don't do it because I think you should do it. Do it because you believe it's what God is calling you to do. And as we continue to declutter our lives and make room for him, I know that God's going to make something beautiful out of it. So I hope that you'll continue to be with me on this journey as we continue to make room, uh, it, I, I intend to have a lot of special guests on and have a lot of conversations, get a lot of different perspectives. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube every Monday. It's going to be on Apple Music and Spotify and all the major podcast outlets. So I'd love to have you join me. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you received something. Leave me a comment. Uh, let me know that you were watching. Let me know if you uh, appreciated uh, taking a listen today, and I hope that you will tune in next week for the next episode. Episode, episode two is is going to be pretty good too, so you're going to want to check it out. Love you guys. Talk to you later.